Hello there and welcome to the Dry Bones Army podcast. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. So grateful for the yes that you have given to pray for an end to human trafficking. We need prayer warriors. We need more people just like you. Uh, Today we have an incredible guest on our podcast. I just cannot wait for you to meet her a dear sweet friend, Danielle Freitag, and she's with an organization called Action 169. And I know you're going to be inspired. I know you are definitely going to be encouraged. And um, you might even be amazed by some of the work this woman has done to lead a ministry that is doing such incredible work in the fight to end exploitation and trafficking. So make sure and check out the show notes to get copies of her books, The the Garden Keys, Volume 1 and 2. Um, you'll also be able to connect with her ministry, Action 169, and um, get connected with her on social media as well. So without further ado, here's Danielle. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for the Dry Bones Army prayer meeting. We have these meetings every second Tuesday of the month at 2 p.m. Central Time. And this really has been a mandate from the Lord. Um, I heard from him very clearly to pray at this specific time for an end to human trafficking. And throughout the years um, in the work I've done in the anti-trafficking world, I've had over and over and over the question has been asked, how can I be a part of ending human trafficking? What can I do as a Christian, as a believer? How can I be involved in this work? And my number one answer is always pray. We need prayer covering. We need intercessors. We need Christians who will go to the Lord in prayer on behalf of the victims of trafficking to speak life and hope and healing. And the fact that you're a part of this, the fact that you're listening to uh, the replay of the podcast, or if you're here with us live on this call That means that you are one of the chosen ones who God has spoken to your heart and he's given you the opportunity to be part of the solution to ending human trafficking. If you're not a member of Dry Bones Army yet, you can go to thedrybonesarmy.com and sign up to be a part of our prayer team. We send out a few emails a month and we always make sure that you're invited to these meetings. Um, So if you're able to join us live, you can be a part of the conversation and have some interaction with one of our special guests. And if you're not able to be on the live call, you can listen to the podcast replay. We have a very special guest today. She doesn't only run a ministry, but she's a mother of two incredible children. She's absolutely brilliant. You're going to be so inspired um, by her love for the Lord and the work that she's doing, the effective ministry work that she has dedicated her life to. So I'm going to read off her formal um, bio, but I I gave you all the good stuff. She's a friend. She's a sister. She's a mama. She's an incredible minister. Danielle Freitag is an LADC. That's a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. She's an author and the co-founding executive director of Action 169, and she is an overcomer of severe addiction and the commercial sex industry. Danielle's mission is to empower women to overcome substance use and to enable those in the strip club industry to know their intrinsic worth. She's the creator of a trauma-informed faith-centered counseling program that promotes holistic restoration through evidence-based practices, including the creative arts. 
And let me tell you, this lady is quite creative. Invited to speak in churches, both nationally and internationally, Danielle's captivating story of transformation inspires hope and offers solutions. And God is going to use this woman in great ways to bring truth and um, freedom to many. So thank you for joining us, Danielle. Welcome to the Dry Bones Army. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited and always, always, always good to connect with you. And um, yeah, just, I know you have some questions here, but I just want to start out and just honor you. Um, you know, I love what you shared earlier about how the Lord gave you this mandate to pray, right? And you've been doing that. You've been faithful about this is the time I'm going to pray. And that is such a beautiful thing. And really, right? It's whether there's two, 10, a hundred it's being faithful because the Lord gave you that and you're, and you're running with that. So I just honor you. And, you know, for that, um, you and I both know as well as those that are joining, um, that prayer works and that prayer mm -hmm. matters. And so I also just echo a shout out to those that are on those that are listening, that you're setting aside time to pray that you're setting aside time to, um, not only hear about the injustice, right. But then to also do something. And so thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. Let's just go ahead and pray to get started. Does that yeah. sound okay? So grateful, Lord, that we have the honor and the privilege to come before you on behalf of your daughters and your sons. Lord, we know that um, your heart is for justice. The foundation of your throne is justice. And you are using our voices to bring the truth of your justice to this world today. So we speak hope, we speak freedom, we speak justice over anybody who has been suffering under the demonic stronghold of injustice or exploitation, Lord. And if there is anybody within the sound of our voices who uh, needs to know your love and your truth, Lord, we just pray that you will send out your spirit, God, even into the darkest places to reach the hearts of those who might feel like they're far from you, Lord. Show them how near you are to them. Give them hope, encourage them to endure, Lord, because we know you have good plans. You have good plans for those who you love. And we just thank you, Lord, that we have the honor, the privilege to come before you in this time of prayer to learn more about the good work that's being done um, by Danielle and her team, Lord, and to release hope over those who've been held captive. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, in 1 John 5.14, you say, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And Lord, as, as um, Sandy was praying, I just had this moment where all that mattered was that your ear was listening, God, that you're captivated by and, and tuning into and listening to the words, Lord, that we pray. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for your listening ear. So Lord, we come before you as those who want to partner with you, as those who want to see justice. And God, we honor you. We just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you made a way for us. Thank you that you, Lord, that your ways are good. God, we thank you. And I just, um, thank you for Sandy and all that she has been doing, Lord, 
and anti-trafficking work, as well as those joining, Lord. God, we just um, we just lift up this time to you and say, Lord, have your way. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you lead, um, lead me as I share, Father, to respond in any way, Lord, that you would have me, have me do so. So I just thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And for those of you who are on live with us, we will have a time at the end when we can all pray together and we want to hear your voices lifted up as well. But as Danielle alluded, I have some prepared questions. My first question is what inspired you? Like, how did you get involved in the justice movement and the work that you're doing to end exploitation and trafficking? Okay. Um, so when I was reading through these questions, um, you know, just praying about how to respond. One of the things with this, with this question I wanted to say is being very truthful and being very forthright. Um, this was not the kind of work that I planned on going into. Um, this was not, you know, something that I dreamed about as a little girl, um, was, you know, nor knew there would be something like this. So going into justice work, um, I'm actually, as, as Sandy said, a licensed counselor. And right now I'm getting the opportunity to work with women who are coming out of different, um, different challenges from substance use to, um, commercial sexual exploitation, which includes sex trafficking. And so coming out of some pretty, um, challenging circumstances and that is, you know, really honestly, the work now that I love to do is to, is to meet with somebody right where they're at. And um, journey with them, join with them as they um, change mindsets, as they come out of um, challenging circumstances and and find hope again. Um, there's nothing like you know that first moment when you see somebody encountering Jesus Christ, or you see someone um, just coming to know His love. Like my my entire um, point of being right is just to help people get a little bit closer to Jesus. Um, when I was little, um, I did have a relationship with God. I knew that God existed. Um, I have, you know, I can, I can look back through all my journals and see like, oh yes, I, I wrote to Jesus and I talked to Jesus. Right. Um, but the reason that I got into this work is because of what happened. Um, and, and I won't go depths into my story. Um, but at about the age of 16, um, 17 years old, I came into, um, a relationship with an older man. And, um, he was the one who actually um, brought me into the strip club industry, um, where I was for about six years and life just enmeshed with, um, all sorts of things. Right. And I began to lose myself, lose my soul and, um, ended up getting out of everything after some, some rock bottom moments. And, um, that is, why I'm now doing what I'm doing is because I was in it. I was in the commercial sex industry and then got out, um, divinely got out. And so now my, my hope and my goal is really to, um, lead others towards, uh, the kind of freedom that I know is possible that's there. And it is because of a man named Jesus, everything changed when I gave my life to him. Um, I mean, I was encountered radically. <laughs> there's, there's so many different stories, um, you know, but, but back to this, this question is what has inspired you to get involved in the justice movement? Um, I mean, really what inspires me is, is hope and that there is a different way for those that are still in the industry, um, that they don't have to be stuck. They don't have to be there. There is a different way, even though 
um, you know, for so many that are stuck in this, it seems like one of the better options. I know that it sounds weird, but you know what I'm saying, Sandy, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it was an option or a choice presented to them. Um, and, you know, in, in whatever way. And so really it's to, to provide hope and, and support, um, the women, the women that I meet, they, you know, they bring honestly the inspiration to keep going, you know, to keep doing this, um, this kind of work that it does matter. So, yeah. And I want to add one more thing too, um, cause I have a feeling that there's a, there's, um, whether you're listening to this on replay or you're on right now that you're on because you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, you know, that right. God gives dreams. Um, years after I got out of everything, I had a really profound dream, um, which actually led me to the writing of my first two books. Um, but in the dream, I, I was given these different keys. They were, um, like a key of restoration, a key of, um, you know, if you choose to forgive, this will happen. Or if you choose to take a leap of faith, this will happen. And, and it was from that dream, um, that I knew that God was calling me to go back to reach his daughters, reach the ones that were still in the strip club industry. Um, and so that was a big, that is a big part of our, our ministry is going into the strip clubs. And so that's, that's what inspires me. (laughs) God inspires me and those that are still, that are in. And, and you know what, Sandy, you, you inspire me as well. And I, I love that you mentioned that whenever we get together, it seems like, you know, the Lord moves or there's, there's something miraculous that happens. And that's the truth. Yeah. I, I'm remembering a time when we went and blew a shofar in Babylon in the rain. That was a pretty, mm-hmm. pretty intense. Uh, and that was right before justice awakening too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there was like the timing of that, um, was, was pivotal. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit. You talked about going into the strip clubs and, you know, you're doing justice work to somebody who might not understand uh, why or how you could be doing work that's biblical, that's kingdom focused, that's Christian centered, um, Christ centered. A lot of people might not have uh, an understanding of how that would be possible to happen in a strip club. So can you share a little bit, not just about that part of your work, but uh, the other ways that you work with Action 169, um, just so that people will be enlightened? Yeah, yeah. Um, so as you were as you were sharing, there was a phrase that came to mind. Um, and there's, there's different ways I've heard it. Um, even last night I was on a webinar and one of the presentations was on a book called, um, I think honor culture of honor. It's by Danny silks, but it's, it's all about honor. Mm-hmm. And, um, when you were speaking, the, the phrase came to mind that, that honor, honor beget, honor comes before glory or something like that honor, you know, just how important honor is honor comes before, um, before glory, but there's such a beauty in seeing somebody, how God sees them. Right. And we don't, we can't have that unless we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But when I knew the Lord was calling me to go back into the strip clubs, I had to get his vision right in his sight um, and, and love for the women there. And so when we are in a club or we are going into do what is kingdom work, right? It's meeting somebody right where they're at and showing them love and honor 
um, just in that moment. And it's, it's incredible what can happen after that, right. From somebody feeling like they can open up and share their story to saying, Hey, will you pray with me? Or, Hey, you know, it's so good to see you guys again and just building a relationship like that is such that's kingdom work. Um, and so, I mean, it's, and it's all been commissioned by God. And that's, that's actually what I want to get to is that the way that we operate, um, it is by, of course, seeking the Lord first and and not seeking him for an answer, not seeking him for a word, but seeking him because he's Jesus and he's glorious. And, um, my, my main, my main safe place, my only safe place, my place of peace it's, it's when I'm with Christ is when I'm with Jesus and he's the one who has given strategy then, you know, to go and do kingdom work. And so just one of those things happens to be strip club outreach, but our name action one, six, nine, um, it actually comes from the book of acts chapter 16, verse nine. And actually Paul, um, right. They're traveling about they're they're, they're sharing the gospel in different places. The Holy spirit, actually prevents them from going certain places, but then leads them into other places, which I love that by the way. Um, but in Acts 16, nine, so Paul has this dream. He has a vision of a man in Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. And what's really awesome about this is that in the next verse, verse 10, it says that they immediately took action and they immediately went um, to Macedonia. And so we, our ministry organization is all about, um, seeking the Lord first, right. Being in the safe place. Um, and then, um, if we get a word, if we get a directive, then taking action. Um, and so really that is how we like our system, if you will, right. It's, it's, it's how we do what we do. Um, we're involved in prevention work, um, intervention, and then also restoration. And I just want to share one story with you guys, just to give an example. Um, for almost a year, we were led to pray for law enforcement. And our prayer calls are Sunday nights. Um, we would gather as a team, seek the Lord, pray, you know, encourage one another. But we, for almost a year, you guys prayed for law enforcement. And it wasn't too much longer after that that I got a phone call to be a part of a team to provide training to about 300 law enforcement in the state of Minnesota on what to do, you know, when, when encountering or when coming across um, someone who has been trafficked. Um, and that was such a blessing. And that actually opened the door to have relationship with investigators um, who would call me in, to, you know, to ask for, um, advice on things. I mean, this is like only the Lord could do that because it was not me, you know, had nothing to do with me, but what, a, what an awesome opportunity that God opened that door. Right. And we're in the year, um, you know, I have a feeling that there's several on this call who will understand this, right. We're in the year of the door. Right. And, and, and it's about what the Lord is going to open or what the Lord is going to close, right. Mm -hmm. He's going to do it. And so as I look back and see, Prevention, intervention, and restoration, the different stories we have is because he made a way, you know, for something to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but right, it's prayer first, pray first. And if the word comes, then moving forward. And so that's really how we've um, operated from the start is, is, is really seeking him and, um, and then going from there. I wanted to ask you if there is an obstacle that you think comes up against people who are probably supposed to be partnered with you, what would that big obstacle be? Sure. So three things. 
Um, one is the thought that what they do doesn't matter. Like I'm only one. It's not going to make a big deal if I give $10 a month, or it's not going to be a big deal if I say this prayer or say these prayers when the truth is it, you know, it does matter. Like just, just that one person can make all the difference. I'm so grateful for our prayer partners, our support partners, because it is, I always say too, it's the intercessors are the backbone of outreach. The intercessors are the backbone of the ministry work um, that we do. And so uh, we had the opportunity to create a, a prayer guide um, specifically, I actually had it here. I was just reading through some of it um, for our prayer partners, just giving them some specifics, whether it might be praying for women that are still in the industry or praying for criminal networks to dismantle, um, you know, praying specifics, decreasing demand, um, praying that believers would awaken, right, for the body of Christ to awaken to the injustice of modern day slavery, um, right, because silence, silence is part of the problem. And so when we are able to pray, um, it, 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 it matters. The one person, the one person's prayers, the one person's financial support makes all the difference. Um, so I just, that's one, right. Is that it does matter. Um, another obstacle would definitely be misconceptions, um, that center around sensationalism. Um, so I just want to talk about this just for a moment and I'm going to give an example. Um, you know, so often we hear, or you could even Google to this day, like it has gotten better over the decade. Last decade, I would say there's been um, some good progress in this, but there's still quite a bit of sensationalism around um, sex trafficking, around exploitation. So for example, you Google sex trafficking and you see a picture of a child behind cages, um, you know, handcuffed to a bed, something like that. Um, I, I want to actually give you guys a stat just to kind of um, bring some truth to that. So when sex trafficking is sensationalized, think like bars, cuffs, the movie Taken. The um, hands bound. Like hand, hands bound. Now I'm guilty. Chains. In the beginning, I used that graphic. Yeah. You know what? I'm sure we did something too. I had to be educated. <laughs> yeah. So did I. Yeah. And it's just so you guys know too, like even for myself, someone coming out of the industry, um, there's, there was a lot of growing that I needed to do as well, as far as, you know, understanding the realities of exploitation. Um, but when you, when you think about those things, the real victims oftentimes go unnoticed, um, making it really much harder for them to self-identify, then they're much less likely to get help. So you guys, you guys get the picture, right? Like handcuffs, bars, all that. So think sensationalism when the reality is you think of like, you know, just, um, a picture of a teenager or a young girl or something, um, exploitation really looks like, you know, the woman, um, once a teenager targeted, befriended, brought into the industry, um, the 20 year old who's checked into an outpatient treatment program with a drug problem, um, a, a trauma induced, um, addiction supported by the man who's also selling her for sex, um, or perhaps it's the 14-year-old girl who's been targeted on social media and she's beginning to display all kinds of red flags. Or maybe it's the young girl um, who has a family member, familial um, familial trafficking. So I also want to say, you know, does kidnapping happen? Um, yes, but it is not likely. Um, in 2017, 
the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children found that less than 1% of missing and exploited children were abducted by a stranger, right? So, so we're actually talking more about coercion, um, you know, through force fraud, um, but, but coercion is going to be um, a lot more of a reality, right? And so the reason I bring that up, it's kind of twofold. <laughs> Just to to put a spotlight on sensationalism being an issue, um, I think with our work, we really focus on like the 18 and up. Not that we haven't provided services for um, for youth, but our focus has been the 18 and up. And I remember coming up against a lot of times like people really wanting to, well, I just want to partner with an organization that's saving you know, saving children out of sex trafficking, which is great. Yes. Like partner with those organizations. But the reality is, especially here domestically in the United States, so many girls who were once little girls are groomed into this exploitive industry. They get stuck, right? They're, they're, um, they've had two or three different traffickers or they've been in, you know, different strip clubs. And so it's these, these women, this is who God put on our hearts. And I know everybody's ministry is different, um, but this is who we've been called to um, meet with, to make the reach to. And we've had some incredible stories of miracles of women coming out of things um, or or say a woman comes here to our safe home and they have their child come with them. Um, you know, and so I just I wanted to put a spotlight on that, um, that we have to understand how, you know, domestically, especially how exploitation happens. And so I think that can be a bit of a hang up for people like, no, I'd rather partner with the, you know, the, the organization that is um, breaking down doors and, you know, um, you know, <laughs> rescue, which is good too. Um, but the reality is, is we have to look at how this is actually happening um, domestically. And then, so the other thing I wanted to say too, another obstacle I think would be um, maybe personal battles, you know, maybe someone who they have had a past addiction to pornography and they don't think that they can get involved in this kind of work. Um, I have seen a light shown on individuals when they get involved in this work, if they are in, if they are wrapped up with the same kind of spirits that are fueling sex trafficking, it, there's going to be a spotlight, right? Cause God doesn't want us mixed up in the things that are going to keep us enslaved. And that includes pornography. Um, so yeah, those are, those are three things. You did a great job pointing out some obstacles that might prevent somebody from even coming into an understanding of the work that you do, let alone partnering with you. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's anything else that might hold somebody back? What about, you were talking about somebody who has a past of maybe addiction to pornography. You think maybe somebody who has a past of exploitation, somebody who feels like, um, they haven't done the healing work themselves or they mm. haven't really gotten free from that, that past of victimization themselves. Maybe that might be an obstacle or do you think that there's others? Yeah. Well, I mean, it could definitely could be an obstacle. And I, I feel like right away speaking truth to that, because I mean, just from my own experience, I remember finding others, you know, when I got out of everything, finding um, I mean, this was back in the days of the days of MySpace, right? And so I remember finding like um like Annie and Harmony, you know, just different people who had already gotten out and being able to um 
connect in different ways, whether it be in, in whatever way. And then, and then through that finding, um, finding hope, finding healing. Um, I mean, there's, there's definitely power in numbers. And so I think it's beautiful when you can connect with somebody who, who has, um, who is doing the work, who has gotten out, right. And then it can be part of the healing process as well. It reminds me of Isaiah 58, right. The true fast, mm -hmm. um, Isaiah is talking about when you reach out to the poor and the oppressed, then your light will shine like the new day, right. Your, your healing, your Aruka, the Hebrew word, um, your, your healing will, will then spring up. It's when you, you know, reach out to the poor and the oppressed. when you, um, well, he also talks about not opening your mouth and speaking, viciously towards other that's that's also part of healing right um but yeah I, I I think there's um there's healing that comes when you do make connection with others and so so glad you brought up Isaiah 58 I've been reading a lot about that lately <laughs> it's good stuff I read so a good. really good book about Isaiah 58 I read it several times <laughs> I can't wait to recommend it and yes. I'm glad you brought up Annie and Harmony too. Those would be great guests for future episodes. Yeah. And I think that the Dry Bones Army would love to hear from those ladies as well. They have incredible ministries as well. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for mentioning them. Um, yeah. So what do you think is the greatest need for prayer or the most mm -hmm. effective prayer strategy that we can be engaged in to end human trafficking and exploitation? Yeah. So, um, Right away, the first thing that came to mind when looking at this, and I actually had to, this is why I went and got our, our prayer guide. Um, <clears throat> but really it has to do with adoration and worship, right? So it's, it's seeking the father because he's worthy of, you know, to be sought and, and just getting at his feet, you know, Mary, who chose the one thing, um, sat at Jesus's feet. Right. So when we're, when we're filled up and we're found with the Holy spirit, um, we're going to be much more equipped. And again, it's not going to him for the thing it's going to him for him. Um, so God is who he says he is. I'm just going to read this and he's close to the brokenhearted. So let us come before him first with adoration and praise, right. Then Thanksgiving before we petition, um, you know, sometimes we just, it's going to him with our ears listening, you know, Lord, what are you saying? God, what are you saying today? How can I, you know, what, what can I do to partner with, with you today? And just going to him in, in quietness too. Um, but since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, enter into his courts through the blood, blood of the lamb, and then by adoration, thanksgiving and praise. So we need to not get caught up in the swirl of the injustice, but have our eyes fixed on him who is justice. It's a challenge when we can see with our physical eyes, yeah, the girls being put on stripper poles at the Super Bowl halftime show, for example. Mm -hmm. And it's it's harder to condition ourselves as people of prayer to see the hope of Christ coming yeah. on the, on the breath of our prayers. Um, it's harder for us to sit at his feet and be patient and wait when we think we know how to make justice come. Hmm. We think that we know how to, um, to bring his, his righteousness forth because it hurts us so badly to yeah. see people hurting 
especially those of us who have experienced that kind of exploitation and injustice. Mm -hmm. Um, So can we talk a little bit more about that? Like what are, can you give me a one, two, three step process or something of how we can take our eyes off the dark swirl, Mm -hmm. focus our eyes on Jesus, find that place of rest at his feet. Like, do you have a process that you go through or that you can see them for us? Yes. Um, So (laughs) turn it off, guard your gates, right? So your Mm -hmm. eyes, your eyes are window to the soul. Um, And I was, gosh, I was just having a conversation with somebody about this. There was a, um, we do a women's Bible study and there was a gal who came to Bible study and she was distraught. Like what is going on? She had just gotten done watching. I'm not going to say which movie it was. It was a movie about trafficking that recently came out. She just got done watching that. And then she watched um, the fall of Minneapolis. I'm in Minnesota, by the way. So um, she just got done watching like two really, really heavy movies. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> first off, I, I really believe there's something to like, okay, Lord, am I supposed to watch this? Like, am I supposed to carry this, right? Because we have access to so much now, especially through social media, through the internet. Am I, our phones, right? Like, am I supposed to watch this? Um, So really there's something about turning it off and guarding your gates. Now, yes, get equipped. Yes, learn. Um, But there's only so much that we can carry, you know? And then it's when you do have something or you've been, gosh, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest here. Not that I, I actually use this movie as an example of sensationalism, but the first time I saw Taken, I remember, and 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 I had my husband and I were recently just first married. I remember that I started just I like I I was weeping like deep guttural like weeping. I had to go into the other room. I was on my knee. I started praying in tongues. I mean, I was wrecked. I'm like, what is this? I didn't understand what the Lord was doing. Like we hadn't even gotten into doing a lot of anti-trafficking work, right? And I actually use that movie as a sensationalized movie, but it did show, it did depict the immorality and the depravity of this injustice. And so it's being able to like discern, number one, am I supposed to watch this? Am I supposed to get involved in this, right? Um, And then guarding your gates, what are you listening to? What are you watching? And then being able to, um, be in the secret place, right? Spending time with the Lord, ensuring that you are filled up. Like, do you have the Holy Spirit? You know, are you, are you going to be, are you going to be found with the Holy Spirit? Um, and then it's, it's going out from that place. Like the work that I do, I want to do it charged up and not because I'm on burnout. Right. (laughs) So number one, it's time with Jesus, spending time with Jesus. So, yeah. So, I mean, definitely guard your gates. We're not supposed to see, know everything. Um, the first time I saw Nefarious, we were actually at, um, so that's the film that, that Benji did, Benji Nolo, Exodus Cry. If you haven't seen it, you guys, Nefarious, fabulous documentary. Um, the first time I saw that was actually at, it was at the International House of Prayer, uh, their first, when, when they came out and they talked about it. But I remember too, just weeping, so there's something about weeping too, right? Um, weeping connects us 
I mean, Jesus wept, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're going to have, we're going to have struggles in this life. It just is it just, um, but are we going to, is it going to be like the, the, the struggles of life grief, or is it going to be the, the weeping that joins us with the one who wept, you know, mm-hmm. um, Jesus wept, we're going to weep. And so sometimes we do look at it and we cry and we bring it to the Lord and we pray and, um, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so I think it's really, we have to, we have to bring it to the Lord. We have to bring it into our secret place and know how to go into the secret place. We have to know how to set aside time, how to be with Jesus. Hmm. Yeah. It's just not taught in churches as, as much as some other tenets of our faith or some other maybe easier things to cross off of a list. Uh, As we're discipled and we learn about accessing the secret place, we learn about accessing the peace of God. We learn about accessing hope that never ends peace that has no understanding, uh, the, the getting that joy, 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 joy down in our hearts. Like we can do that. We don't have to be held, um, captive by, the circumstances right. of this world, the darkness of this world, the, right. the darkness that's seducing this world to think that it's normal or that it's just going to be that way. We have access to power yeah, from Jesus, from, from the father. We have access to the father mm. and the power that the father holds that's created all, the universe, everything in it right? Um, With a, with a breath, with a word. So, um, Mm -hmm. so listen up Christians, listen to what Danielle said. If you're being overwhelmed with grief and despair, as you're being exposed to this dark truth of injustice, maybe you watched a a radicalized movie. Maybe you saw something um, that, that hurt your soul. There's hope not only for your soul to be healed, and for you to find hope and healing and freedom from that that damage, but there's also hope for the one who was being exploited, who you were weeping over, to find healing yeah. and freedom and restoration. And Danielle, you're an example of that yourself. I'm an example of that restoration and hope. There are so yeah. many who have become a part of your ministry work who are walking, talking, living, breathing examples of hope with, Mm. with skin on, right. That we can look to and say, um, allow that, that prick in your heart, that, that pain in your heart to motivate you to pray, to, to drive you into the secret place, to drive you into that intimate, uh, conversation with the Lord. And I love the way you teach about prayer and, um, I want to make sure that we're, we're getting people a link to get that prayer guide that you're sharing. Cause I think it would be valuable for them. Yeah. Um, and, and the books that you've written on the garden keys, uh, those have a lot of good step-by-step processes, um, a lot of fantastic stories, and then also just some practical application so that people can put that to work. Um, so I want to make sure that we, guide people to get your books and your prayer guide. Um, But we're almost done with our interview. We're almost out of time. And I I had a couple more questions I wanted to ask specifically, how can we pray for you, Danielle, and for Action 169 
um, for the, the recipients, the benefactors of your ministry. How can we pray for you? Um, we actually have a women's event coming up and I just want to give you guys a quick story. Last year, we held our first, um, arise, uh, women's event in Iowa, right in the middle of the cornfields. Not really. It was in a, is in a beautiful <laughs> event center. Um, but we ended up having, I would say probably maybe eight to eight to 10, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is women come who either had just gotten out of escorting, which is a form of sex trafficking, right. Or who were just, you know, had been out of the commercial sex industry for a while. So we had, we had a handful of women come and one of the women who came flew from a different, um, different country came here. She, um, Canada, she has an incredible story and here we didn't know that she was pregnant when she came. She planned on getting an abortion when she went back. We got to walk with her through carrying baby, giving birth to baby. So she had, she had this beautiful baby, um, and has gotten out of everything, was able to step out of, um, sex trafficking. Right. And is, um, you know, there's still things that she has to walk through, but, but being able to see her empowered and, um, come out of everything, give birth to this baby boy, um, was such a beautiful thing. It was such a blessing. And, um, so when I, when I say the following, it is because we are directly working with women who are just getting out, who are looking for a bridge, a resource, something, you know, we're doing strip club outreach. And so we're, um, you know, face to face with women who, who are often either, maybe they might not be ready to get out, but they might be, um, you know, down the road. And so financial partnership is always, always, um, definitely needed, definitely welcomed, um, you know, finances so that we can reach more women finances so that we, um, can, again, we have our rise event coming up in March, actually right over Purim. And, um, we have again, a handful of women coming, um, we usually get them an Airbnb they can stay at. And it's the way that we've done this is we have them stay with other women who've actually been out longer. And so they end up talking and sharing testimonies and it's so cool what God does. Um, but definitely I would say, of course, financial support and then also prayer support. Prayer is so powerful. So people to um, pray with us, this can actually be found on our website, action169.com. Um, under resources is our prayer guide. I believe it is available for free. You can just download it. Um, if not, I'll check after this and make sure that it is. Um, and then, yeah, just, I would say also prayer for our, our upcoming women's event, just, um, for God again, just to move, we just want to come together and worship Jesus, honestly. And then, um, he just shows up and shows off and, and we get, there's usually some really incredible testimonies. So I would say prayer for that too. Amazing. And and Action 169 is a 501c3 nonprofit yep. organization. So anybody who does partner with you gets a tax receipt for the donation as well. Um, but those monthly partnerships add up. So like you were saying earlier, yep. 10, 20, 50, $100 a month might not seem like a lot to somebody. I mean, 500, 1000 might not seem like a lot to some people. Sure. Um, but that could make an incredible impact in the work yeah. that you're doing. That could literally be the lifeline. Yeah. That would that could literally save a child's life. Yeah. So we definitely want to guide people to that donate link on your website. So um, last question, what could our listeners do 
if they want to take action. Action. Yes. Action. 69. Yes. yes, involved. Do they have to go to Macedonia? Do they have to (laughs) get caught up in a cloud by the spirit and be translated into another time zone? Or is there an easier way (laughs) that they could supernaturally partner with y'all? That's good. I, I have to say this. So in, in the book of Acts, right? Like actually when you then go into chapter 16, it's really interesting because the first person they witnessed to was a woman. Mm. Is that Lydia? Jesus loves, that women. <laughs> Jesus loves women. He does. He does. Yeah. So, okay. So back to your question. Um, what can our list, uh, what can listeners do? Um, definitely go to action, action169.com and subscribe to our email list. I think it'll either pop up or you can see it at the bottom. Um, there's a lot of different things that we're doing, um, ways that people can learn from those um, emails, then, you know, how they can get involved and you're not going to get blasted with emails. I think we do maybe one every couple months, honestly. Um, you can follow action169 um, or myself on um, social media. And um, always, you know, putting out lots of different content on there as far as prevention goes, um, updates on intervention, so updates on our strip club outreach, and then also updates on our restoration program, um, which we have in-person support, online support. Um, so we have women um, that we've been walking with from, you know, all over um, the country, really different places over the country, and then also locally here in Southern Minnesota. Um, and then you can also join the wait list for my next book that is coming out sometime soon in the year of 2024. Name of Jesus. We don't know yet when, but it's coming. It's done. It's edited. It's ready to go. So we're just in a, in a publishing process. Um, But the way that you can get signed up. um, So those who join this early access wait list are going to get obviously the book first, um, but then also content related to the book. And let me tell you what, you guys, God gave me this book from heaven, heaven's library. The story is wild. It connects way back to my husband praying before we even met, before we even got married, God gave him um, a word on Isaiah 58. And then here, 2018, I'm like, I really believe I'm supposed to write a book on Isaiah 58 and the the current injustices and how the church is supposed to start responding. And that's exactly what happened. And I'm super excited about it. Um, and um, I'm not yet able to say the title of the book, but it's coming. Um, but you can actually go, if you go to my Instagram account, um, Danielle Freitag on my Instagram account, there's a link there um, and it, and you'll see join, um, join waitlist for book. So that's coming, it's coming soon. So I'm going to put all of these links in the show notes. Awesome. So it will be a one-stop shop for anybody who wants to get the garden keys and you need to get both oh, yeah. volumes. It's, it's a set. Yeah. You're going to want them yes. both and they're beautiful. The art is gorgeous. I mean, Danielle, you're so creative. If nothing else, if you like beautiful things, partner <laughs> with action 169, you will have a collection of beautiful items um, that were birthed out of Danielle's heart. And I'm sad that our time is over. I could Thanks talk to you. Yeah. I could talk to you for hours. I feel like we didn't even get to any of the good stories yet. <laughs> Maybe we'll have you back on again. Sounds good. In the future. Yeah. Um, Danielle, is there any closing words that you want to leave our audience with? Um, in the coming storms, in the current swirl, set your eyes on Jesus. Mm. Set your gaze on him. Be found with the oil get in the secret place. Yeah. 
Well, I just want to say thank you, Danielle. Thank you for the ministry work that you're doing. Thank you that you have remained in the light so that when you go into the darkness, you're not overtaken by it. You're not overwhelmed by it, but instead you're scattering the darkness because you're carrying in you the light of the world. And um, thank you for your beautiful feet that go forward Mm-hmm. onto those mountains and uh, establish a kingdom of God to come forth mm-hmm. and bring hope and, and, and declare that he is the king. Um, thank you again for joining us. God yeah, bless thank you. you, Mandy. God bless your work. I appreciate okay. you. Thank you. I told you it was going to be an amazing interview and such a blessed time of prayer. I love Danielle. I'm so glad I got to introduce her to all of you and give her a platform to share her story and the incredible work that they're doing at Action 169. So make sure you get copies of her books. There's links below to connect with her ministry, to connect with her on social media, and to get her books. And also there's links below for you to get my books. And the sale of those books is what keeps this podcast on the air. So you can get copies of my books, the Navi series as well. And um, there's some information down there. So you can connect with me if you want to discuss some education or training for your church, your organization, your law enforcement agency, or your school. So stay in touch and be watching for our next podcast release. If you want to be with us live, we meet the second Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central. And if you want to be part of the conversation, if you want to have one-on-one question and answer time with our guests, if you want to add your voice to the live prayer meeting that we have on the second Tuesday of every month, Go to the drybonesarmy.com and register. You'll get some bullets on a list of ways to pray for an end to human trafficking. And you're going to be added to our newsletter. So you'll get the notifications and the Zoom invites so that you can join us for our next live prayer meeting. And until then, uh, share this podcast with anybody you think it would inspire, anybody who you think would be uh, touched or motivated by it. And thank you for being a part of the Dry Bones Army. God bless you. Have an amazing day.